When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Hello and welcome to the It's All Cobblers to Me preview show. I'm once again a very, very nervous Danny Brothers and I'm here to look ahead to what we hope and pray will be the final game of the season live on Sky on Monday at Prenton Park as the Cobblers look to get the three points we need to seal promotion to help me do that, please welcome to the preview show from the Tramir podcast, A Trip to the Moon, Matt Jones. How are you doing, mate? Yeah, very well, thanks. Great to be on. You're good. Probably not nowhere near as nervous as we are. Uh, there have been no nerves for many weeks, um, believe me. It's been a, a very mediocre season and uh, befitting that it has such a mediocre end. But obviously still some part to play in uh, in where... The promotion race lies, so at least there's some interest going into that final game. Yeah, I guess that's what you want from if you're mid-table and that you want to either affect the top or the bottom somehow to make it a little bit interesting either way. You want to either be involved in the relegation in terms of sending someone down or the fact that they could stay up or being involved in someone's attempt to the playoffs or attempt to go up and stuff. It, it makes it a little bit more interesting when you've had a, like you say, a mediocre campaign. But um, yeah, hopefully we can... We can see the good side of that on Saturday, on Monday. Sorry, it's amazing how many times this has happened to Tranmere. In, I mean, the, the number of times when Tranmere have had nothing to play for going into the final four, five, six weeks of the season, as has been the case this year, over the last twenty years, is maybe you can count them on one or two hands because they've either been in battles to get relegated. Obviously, they've been relegated uh, twice uh, in the last. Ten, eight years um, and they've obviously had a couple of mo- promotions they've had a couple of playoff charges they've also had a few uh, misses in terms of relegation where they've managed to stay up with a couple of games to go but the amount of times when a club has come to Prenton Park needing a result to win the league or win promotion over the last few years is, is quite remarkable actually we were talking about it on our own podcast the other day Berry have done it twice in recent years 2014-15 they won at Prenton Park as Tranmere got relegated to the National League and Berry went up. Uh, a few years later, Berry came to Prenton Park in what was the penultimate game of the season and beat Tranmere in a result that stopped Tranmere being able to catch Berry in the race for third place and Berry secured promotion. Um, Bournemouth came in 2013 and had already secured promotion but needed a win to lift the title and only got a draw. And Yeovil and Scunthorpe have both been to Tranmere and managed to win on the last day of the season to secure promotion as well. So four out of five teams have managed to do it. Uh, and you wouldn't find many Tranmere fans backing against Northampton, making it as a five out of six. 
That's what we like to hear when we're going in. Look at just them names that you throw out there. So many different different kind of outcomes for them over the last few years. Bournemouth, you've got, you've got Yeovil Scunthorpe disappearing out of like, thin air now. You've got, uh, was it uh, Berry as well? Just had to restart all over again. It's, it's that kind of an indication of where Tramir sit in football. It's just that League One, League Two, where you're looking a few years ago, you get either a Bournemouth going right at the way up or a Berry just disappearing into existence. It's just about an indicator of where you're at. It's probably the same for us, to be fair. <laughs> the Bournemouth season was an odd one because um, I can't remember if Northampton were in League One in 2012-13, but that was the year that Tranmere were basically top of the division for six months, um, absolutely blew mm. everyone away, and then they folded after a 2-1 win at Brentford in January 2013 and obviously look at where Brentford are now but Bournemouth that was the season Eddie Howe went back and um, they never looked back really from him going in they actually they actually beat Tranmere in Eddie Howe's first game in charge in around October September time and then obviously came on the last day of the season they needed to win it was a nil-nil draw uh, and Doncaster subsequently won the title if memory serves me rightly but Tranmere that year going into the the last half of the season, their second half of the season, they should have been promoted and they just completely wilted in the final six or seven games. Don't think they scored in any of their final six or seven games and ended up in about 11th place, having been top for the majority of the season. So, yeah, they've had some interesting seasons. And you'll have been the same given you've been around League One and League Two for that long. You know, we've all played the likes of Coventry, Sheffield Wednesday, Sheffield mm-hmm. United, um, Millwall, Luton. Yeah. Uh, both of them are in the running to get into the Premier League this year. Huddersfield, obviously, been in that top flight. Mm-hmm. It feels like uh, one day it might happen to one of the other teams. But as yeah. fans of our club, we all doubt it. Yeah. I mean, many of our sort of older fans, I'm putting myself in this bracket as well, will remember Tranmere being right at the top end and pushing for the for the top division and, you know, the John Aldridge glory years and things like that. Is that kind of where the fan base still sees itself? Is it still a, a case of we're way below where we are at the moment, where we need to be or where we should be in, in you know, quotation marks? Or are you kind of act more accepting the fact that it's it's now a, a rebuilding job and it, it will, the patience will be there to, to build on that again? It's a really interesting question because as you've kind of touched on already, it's generational, isn't it? So um, I my first Tramway game was the 95-96 season where we played Luton and, and won 1-0 and Aldo scored. Um, and that year was the year that John King left as Tramway manager. So I didn't see the years when they... Uh, three years running, got into the playoffs to get into the Premier League and didn't quite make it. Obviously didn't see the years in 89 and uh, and 91 when they got promoted uh, to get up to the second tier as it it is. Um, But my, you know, my formative years watching Tranmere were of them being a a championship club who regularly beat Premier League teams when they came to Prenton Park in the Cup. Fans will remember... West Ham, Sunderland, uh, Southampton, Leeds, Everton, mm-hmm. Middlesbrough, um, Coventry. There was over a two-year period they beat seven Premier League teams in the cup. So they, those were my formative years watching them. But in two thousand and one, relegated, spent thirteen years in League One, and during that time got into the playoffs once in oh four oh five, finished third, and lost in the semi-finals to Hartlepool. Other than that, there was 2009 when they missed out on the playoffs by two minutes because they drew at Scunthorpe on the last day of the season. They were winning until the 89th minute. And if they'd won that game, they'd have got in the playoffs as it was Scunthorpe got in instead. Um, there are, there was a, a, 
the year later when they they just about stayed up by the skin of their teeth by beating Stockport on the final day to secure promotion uh, to secure their place in League One. So you had like a thirteen year period in League One, followed by one year in League Two, three years in the National League, a year in League Two. 2019-20, which was a farce because they got demoted on points per game. And obviously, they're now still back in, in League Two now. So if you were to ask me, most fans of my age, and probably most fans maybe 10 years younger as well, they would see Tranmere as a League One club. And I think that's naturally where they, they would expect Tranmere to sit within the footballing pyramid with a, a catchment area that, that they've got, with the, the size of stadium that they've got. But it, as you'll know, it's not always that simple. And We'll see, we see clubs that are much bigger, higher up the uh, much smaller, sorry, higher up the leagues, and we see clubs that are, are bigger, lower down the leagues. Notts County, for an example, should never be a national league team, just as Tranmere should never have been a national league team. But you mentioned the word at the start of this question, patience, which is is where I'm coming round to now, and and patience is the key thing. And in my opinion, Tranmere a League One club, but the way the club are trying to get there at the moment is through being a inverted commas, selling club. They want to bring through young players from other clubs because they don't have an academy of their own, so to speak. Um, Not a proper one anyway. And they want to then sell those players for money, significant fees, they hope, and and then develop by using that money to sign better players and and grow that way. But that requires a huge degree of patience because you're basically saying to a a fan base, because this only came in a year ago, this this uh, development policy. You're basically saying to a fan base, probably not going to get promoted this season, might not even get promoted next season. You know, we're looking two, three, four years down the line, which is all very well and good if you are, and I mean this with no disrespect to them, but a Forest Green or an Exeter who are smaller clubs in stature than Tranmere. And therefore, so Forest Green, for example, had only been in league, the Football League for two or three years, but they kept the policy going and, the, and they finished in the bottom half, they finished near relegation a couple of times, didn't they? But because they were at their highest ever level, the fans were happy to go with that policy and they could see development and they had players who they managed to sell on and, and do really well out of. Um, but they then grew into a, a League One club. They're, they're now at their highest ever level. Exeter have been a bit of a yo-yo club, but they're, the fans are more willing to be patient with them because they can see progress and they've seen it happen before. Whereas Tranmere, are about to go into their fourth year in League One, League Two, and the fans don't see that as their natural level. So they 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 are running out of patience with that kind of plan because they want to see a club that is going to bother the top seven. And this year they've been absolutely nowhere near doing that. Hmm. Is that coming from Mark Palios? Is Palios? Yes, yes. So that, 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 that's all. That's kind of coming from his. Yeah, absolutely. That's how he thinks the club should develop going forward, and. I, I completely understand why you would think that can work as a policy and, and it may well be successful, but you have to rely on the patience of the fan base and plenty are getting itchy feet at the moment. Yeah. Speaking of which, since we last played you, that speaking about it before we started recording, the nil-nil at Sixfields, I think you said it was one of your first games back after lockdown, <laughs> after not being able to go in lockdown, one of your first away games that you made it to. Um not the most entertaining game at Sixfields for nil-nil, so we'll brush over that a little bit. But since then, Tramley should have won sacked... it though, shouldn't they? Kane yeah, Hemmings yeah, had yeah. a couple of sitters which he missed, um, which has kind of been the story of the season, really. But he had two. He had one really big chance in the first half, which was cleared off the line, 
and there was one in the second half which he put round the post. And it was it was a fairly even contest. I don't think either side deserved to win it, but Tranmere had those two glorious opportunities and it and it finished nil nil. So yeah. Carry on, sorry. Yeah. Um yeah, so essentially so since then nil um the nil nil six fields, Mickey Mellon sacked in March six weeks ago now. Where where are Tramir at with that search now, with the manager search? Because it does seem to be a long time to wait to name a new manager. Are you just waiting until the end of the season now? Is there something in the pipeline? What's what's happening with it right now? Yeah, it's taken a while, hasn't it? I was having a look um, at how long it's historically taken them to appoint managers before. Um, and it's not usually this long. The, the, the only maybe outlier is in the COVID season when Mickey Mellon left at the end of the campaign and took charge of Dundee United and about a month, mm-hmm. five, six weeks later they brought in Mike Jackson who was his assistant uh, to replace him but that was only because Anthony Barry who subsequently turned down the move and went to Chelsea, turned down the opportunity to manage Tranmere and uh, well that's now proven pretty good for him because he's just moved to Bayern Munich as Thomas Tuchel's uh, assistant there or first team coach <laughs> there so um <laughs> It, 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 it has been a long time coming and there are a lot of fans who are, I don't think concerned is the right word, but are looking at it and thinking, why is it taking so long? Because they saw the precedent set by Leighton Orient and Stevenage last year, who changed manager in roughly mid-February, brought in Richie Wellens and um, Steve Evans and have subsequently gone on to, well, Leighton Orient have won promotion. I'm not sure if Stevenage are quite over the line yet. If they're not, they're very close to being over the line and winning promotion. Yeah, um, so they, they, so they, you know, fans were looking at those two clubs and thinking, well, you know, we've got that opportunity now with six, six weeks of the season to go, you know, take a couple of weeks, find the right person to come in and then give them a chance to assess the squad they've got, get rid of who they don't want, offer new contracts to those that they do and then they they the, the rebuilding job won't necessarily be as significant over the summer because you've already got some of the building blocks in place but as you say we're going into the last game of the season now and, and no appointment has been made I think this will be Ian Dawes's ninth match as interim manager so um, the bookies will be a little bit annoyed because uh, if it's 10 obviously when <laughs> that, that's when you pay out on who the new manager is after 10 games he's not going to get a tenth I wouldn't have thought because I, I can't imagine he will last as uh, the new manager going into next season uh, if he is then there'll be a lot of surprise and dare I say it's some disappointment among uh, some of the Tranmere fans but the funny thing is um, and I don't know if you've had this down down your way before but when you, you you kind of led a little bit by the odds list aren't you not necessarily mm-hmm. who's at the bottom of the list because if you look at who's going to be the new Tranmere manager Dean Smith is still <laughs> on that market and I have a feeling that he will not be coming to Tranmere at any time soon given that he is in charge of Leicester it's amazing uh, <laughs> what what the names that pop up though isn't it like it 20 is. to 1 is incredible some of them absolutely barking mad like I think Sam Allardyce was still on there and Keith Hill who, <laughs> Keith Hill has already burnt his bridges with Tranmere believe me uh, yeah so you're kind of led by the top of the market and there have been, you know, former Tranmere player Clint Hill, who's now assistant at Stockport, is, is in that list. Um, you've got like David Ortel, who's left crew. Uh, Carl Robinson was in there, but he's going to be the assistant manager to Sam Allardyce at Leeds United. So that'll take him out of the equation. Um, so that and, and the other big name is Brian Barry Murphy. Um, mm-hmm. who obviously was at Rochdale and is now a youth coach at Manchester City. So there are four or five names, but they've kind of been interchanging at the top of the market, which it shows that there's no clear favourite. It shows that there have been no leaks from the club's point of view, or maybe that they just haven't uh, nailed down exactly who they want yet. But 
have a sneaky feeling they will announce something this this weekend because um, and then this is only uh, kind of circumstantial evidence if you like but the the season ticket deadline for early birds was originally the 30th of April uh, which the club moved because and I quote they didn't want it to be on a bank holiday weekend having set it as a bank holiday weekend but they have now moved it to the 8th of May which is (laughs) as you will all know also a bank holiday weekend now obviously that ties in with it being a home game and Tramway's final home game of the season so they might hope that a few people will walk in and and like what they're seeing Maybe Tramway will get a win and they'll go, oh, go on, I'll sign up for next year. It's easier to do it in person when you're actually there as opposed to kind of waiting and forgetting about doing it on the internet. So maybe there's that kind of thing about it. But I also do wonder if they've got the appointment lined up. It's maybe someone who's already in employment elsewhere and they are just waiting for their particular season to finish maybe or they're just leaving it a little bit later. But then if they can make that announcement before the actual deadline of season tickets passes, perhaps they'll shift a few more of them because uh, the uptake has been a little bit sluggish, shall we say. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned the odds there. I was looking through a few old, like, old couple of weeks old articles and things like that. It's amazing when, especially when you're a bigger club like yourself for this level, all it takes is for a name to be having roughly lived in the area for a few years or played in the area. <laughs> Robbie Fowler <laughs> linked a while, every a couple time. of weeks ago, linked himself. And he just seems to pop up every time your job gets mentioned. Is it? Is there been any truth in that, do you think? Because it's literally just because he used to play for Liverpool and he has managed a little bit. He's, he's obviously keen to get into management in the UK, isn't he? Uh, and, and, you know, to be fair to him, he has, to a degree, kind of earned his stripes, if you like, because he's been out in Australia where, I, I mean, I don't watch A-League football, I don't watch Indian League football, but by all accounts, he did pretty well in Australia. Uh, and I think, if I'm right, I think that ended basically because of coronavirus. And he did an OK job over in India, uh, by all accounts as well. Uh, didn't pull up any trees in India, but did an OK job. But at least he's someone who has been willing to go out and, and give it a try, whereas you see quite a lot of managers who or ex-Premier League players, high-profile players who kind of just think they should roll into a job because they used to play in the Premier League. So, you know, at least Fowler's given it a crack. Whether he will actually end up at Tranmere, I I doubt it. Um, this experiment happened in 2009 when John Barnes came in. And to say it was a, a, a failure would be an understatement. It lasted about three and a half months before he was given the boot. Um and, and Tranmere, with as I've kind of outlined already, stayed up by the skin of their teeth that year after putting their physio in charge uh, to be manager for the remainder of the season. If any of you remember Les Parry, um, so it, it would be a surprise if Robbie Fowler was to get the job. Um, but as I say, at least at least he's given it a go elsewhere, and it's not kind of just a, a bolt out of the blue. But like, I, I don't know what you guys feel, and, and there'll be plenty of Tranmere fans who disagree with me about this. But I always feel that. At a club at a lower level, it does help to know the area and to know the club that you're managing. So I would, I would, or if 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 two CV, if I if I was picking the manager and two CVs came to me, and they were pretty much identical, but one of the players had played for the club and the other hadn't, I would always kind of go for the person who'd played for the club because I just think it helps to know, particularly with a, a club like Mers, a, a club like Tranmere in an area like Merseyside, which does tend to be a little bit insular compared to the rest of the country. I think it helps. Um, and, you know, history suggests that all the managers who previously managed Tranmere to any degree of success have also played for them. John King, three promotions as a, a manager with Tranmere. He also won one as a player. 
Aldo was obviously a player before he turned manager and got them to a cup final. Mickey Mellon, two manager, uh, two promotions, having played over two stints as a player. The the people who've come in and not known the area have generally, or have not known the club, have generally done pretty poor. Keith Hill, uh, being an example, failed with a very good squad in that first season um, in 2021. Yes, got to the playoffs, but basically talked himself into sacking by having to go at the fans every time he decided to speak to the media. Um, Mickey Adams was a cataclysmic failure, got relegated out of the Football League under him. Um, so it it does help, I think, uh, to, to know the, the club. So I would advocate for a former player, but again, there aren't that many being linked with the role. I mean, I would have said, and I'd have said this for the last six or seven years, pretty much every time the managerial appointment has come up, I'd have said, go and get Dave Chalner. Go and get Dave Chalner. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, you know, he, he won promotion at Colwyn Bay. He'd won a couple at Fylde. He's won one at Hartlepool. He's going to win a second at some point with Stockport. Uh, obviously, you hope not, not this weekend. Yeah, not yet. Um, <laughs> but Ch- Chalner is now well past Tranmere. Um Obviously, a Rovers legend played, came through the youth ranks, played for for us for many years, over two hundred appearances, played in the cup final in two thousand. But he's well past Tranmere now. I think they've kind of missed the boat with that, sadly. Yeah, Is, uh, Ian Dawes not in the running at all. Then, from from what you can tell, it might be. I'd hope not, uh, because I don't think what I've seen has been any improvement whatsoever on on what was uh, played under Mickey Mellon. Um, you know, he's been given a pretty nice fixture list with some of the games that Tramway have played over the last few weeks and the results haven't been great. Yeah, there was a win over Swindon at Prenton Park and other than that, but there was a, a 2-2 draw against Rochdale who are rock bottom of the Football League and if I was to tell you Rochdale gifted two goals to Tramway in that game, that would be kind of an understatement as well. The first was a back pass that was going wide until the keeper controlled it into his own net. And the second was a one, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. It was a one, yeah. And the second was a penalty, um, which Tramway have had an awful lot of recently. Uh, so they've got them to thank for plenty of their goals as well. Uh, and they drew that game 2-2, having been 2-0 up against the bottom club, Rochdale. Um, so there have been some pretty poor results. There was a draw against Harrogate who were struggling. I think there's defeats to Newport and the like as well. So it's not been a great run. It's been a terrible end to the season. Um, I, I would be surprised if he was to get the job because as well as that, he's, he's been man- assistant manager to the last three managers, Mike Jackson, Keith Hill and, and Mickey Mellon. And, and all yes. of them have ended up being sacked. So, you know, the, there will be some fans who would look at that and go, well, why is he getting the job having seen three managers off basically yeah so if we'll take a quick break there we'll come back and talk on the pitch after the break another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it that's where bank of america can help for your financial to-dos bank of america has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals get started at one of our local financial centers or 24 7 in our mobile banking app Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
Welcome back. We're still here with Matt, uh, talking all about Tranmere on Monday. I'm just trying to distract myself to pass the time before then, trying not to get too nervous. Um, but we will have to talk about on-the-pitch issues now. What, Matt, what can we expect from Tranmere on Monday? I guess the managerial situation, if it resolves itself at the weekend, it might be different to what we expect now. But if it's as it is now, what would we expect from you on Monday afternoon? Um. I don't know is the honest answer because <laughs> there have been, as as we were talking about before, that Rochdale performance was just dreadful. It was absolutely awful. But then there have been games where the performance has been slightly better. So it depends to a degree what Tram may turn up. Um, you would hope that they are professionals and they want to finish the season on a high. And I'm sure that there are players in there that will put in a good performance. But I would just be very surprised if they managed to get a win out of this game. They, they might get a draw. They might take a lead and then draw. Uh, I can't see them getting anything if they go behind. They're terrible when they go behind, uh, or so has proved this season. But I, they, they just they don't inspire any confidence at the moment to get a result or a performance. That, that sturdy defence that they once had has disappeared. They don't have the ability greatly to put the ball in the back of the net um, or create too many chances. It's just a really mediocre side having a mediocre end to the campaign really and I'm just looking at some of the recent results and some of the recent performances that they've had and, and as I said earlier yes there have been a couple of wins that, like that one over Swindon but there have been some bang average performances as well there was a 2-1 defeat at Crawley for example and again I said the Rochdale goal was a gift well the Crawley goal was a gift as well because the Crawley goalkeeper fell over and uh Kane and Saunders ran through and put the ball in the back of the net. There was a 1-1 draw against Wimbledon last time out. That was a little bit of an improvement. Um, I mean, generally, the home games have been okay, actually. Win over Grimsby, win over Swindon. They've won the last two at home. Uh, draw with Harrogate under Ian Dawes after the defeat to um, to Newport, which was Mickey Mellon's last in charge. But they just, they're just they a team that if they concede first, they don't inspire confidence. If they go 1-0 up, they don't inspire confidence, really, to be able to hold on to it either. So I... I I would be expecting no more than a draw from them, really. Okay. What what you said about not coming well from behind, that was us last season. I don't think we came from behind once to win last season. But that also fills me with a little bit of hope if we can go and take the lead, get one or two nil up. By that point, I said this on our main pod at the weekend, if we go two nil up, the atmosphere inside Prenton Park, it's not one necessarily where you're going to be baying for blood to get back into the game, if that makes sense. I feel like it's you've got nothing on it. Are the players going to respond to going one or two nil down in terms of fighting back to get it? Do you think, is, or is it? Will they just be starting to think of the beach by the time half comes? Half time comes if we're two nil up. I think that some of them, uh, and I won't mention any names here, but I think some of them gave up the moment <laughs> Mickey Mellon was sacked. I really? think they they knew when the manager went that Tramway weren't going up. Tramway weren't going down. They knew they had a pretty easy ride for the final six weeks of the season. And then they would let whatever take its course in the summer, be that a new contract for them, or they would move on to bigger and better things, or maybe move on to, to worse things. It, uh, history will will show. But I, again, I, I meant those two wins they've had over Grimsby and Swindon, both against teams who've had absolutely nothing to play for. I mean, Swindon, I think, had lost four in a row or three in a row by the time they came to Tranmere. And obviously, Tranmere extended that run. So they, they don't... They don't, they don't inspire confidence, and that's the big issue. And I think Tranmere's last win from behind might have been December twenty twenty one. So it's you know it's been an issue a long time coming as well. They did mm. obviously get that draw against Wimbledon at the weekend, um, having been one nil down in that one. 
um, with a goal from Sam Taylor. So that was nice to see them them hit back late on. But I do think that the atmosphere at Prenton Park has been pretty flat for the last couple of games because these fans haven't been used to ending the season in such a, a drab fashion. They've been used to either seeing a team trying to get into the playoffs or trying to get into the top three or be it in the National League top one over the final two or three weeks of the season, or they've been used to seeing a team fighting tooth and nail to stay up um, over the last two or three weeks of the season. This year, it's just been since Easter, since before Easter, it's it's been nothing to play for. So the atmosphere, I imagine, will be quite flat. It'll be a you know, nice summer's day, hopefully, so be, that'll bring a few extra faces out and raise the uh, the roof a little bit. But I, I can't imagine it being one of those occasions where if Tramley do go one or two nil down, that the crowd are really getting their, their teeth stuck into them. Mm. Well, uh, but you're getting about five and a half thousand at home games at the minute, which a bit more, maybe six, six thousand. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, which I guess mean... inside inside a six fields is great, completely fine. You can make a lot of noise with that, but when it's scattered about in a massive stadium like Friends and Park, I'm guessing it it does feel a little bit emptier than it would. Do. Yeah, yeah, and I, I also don't think it helps that at this level and at the National League level that Tranmere were at as well. Apart from the fact they had a couple of derbies in that division with Chester and Wrexham. There's not really any local fixture for Tranmere at the moment. There's Rochdale. Well, they aren't going to be Rochdale next year. Obviously, they've lost their Berries and their Boltons in recent years because those have gone the other way. Um, Stockport returned this year and that, that was nice, but might not be playing them next year. Salford don't bring anyone because they haven't got that big a fan base. So you're looking at... I, I, I don't know if you find this, but I find that when, when the bigger clubs come to town or the teams with bigger attendances, there's a bit more excitement around the game and therefore it sells a bit more in terms of tickets. A few more people decide to come and watch. We saw that in League One where Tranmere were playing a Blackpool, for example, or a Sunderland or a Coventry or whoever. Whereas this year, kind of, who's, who's your big game? There haven't really been that many big games this year. And how many times, you'll, you'll have it as well, but maybe we have it because it's quite, we, maybe we have it because it's a bit more bit more of a Southern League this year, isn't it, compared to what it has been in recent years, where you've got clubs who only bring two or 300 people. Yeah. And it's quite hard to yeah. create an atmosphere when the away ends, the away end holds 2,000 and it's only 10% full. It's really, it, it, and it, it just leads to quite a dull game, doesn't it? Um, and yeah, atmosphere. absolutely. Especially the Tuesday night at home to Harrogate or something like that. It's, mm. it's not the same, is it? And that's one of the main motivations to get up, I think, is the fact that you're going from empty away ends for, 50 people on a Tuesday night maybe to afternoons with the likes of maybe not Sheffield Wednesday but Derby Charlton teams like that teams coming down like Reading even you know you're going to get the the bigger occasions and it makes it easier to create that home atmosphere we've talked about Mm. it all season about our home games we struggle sometimes to get that atmosphere going don't think it'll be the same on Saturday I don't think we'll have too many issues with getting that atmosphere going on on Saturday but but if we're bringing two and a half thousand fans that's going to almost get your your lot going as well isn't it i think hmm. yeah absolutely and it makes it makes a difference doesn't it um as i say if you've got two ends who are having a go at each other then it kind of plays yeah. out a little bit on the pitch as well it's a bit like chicken and egg scenario is it is it up to the players to lift the fans or is it up to the fans to lift the players well it can be quite difficult to do when you've got a drab end to a season and you haven't got many many away fans fans to uh, focus on either so yeah it'd be nice to see a full cowshed stand uh, obviously has happened uh once this season when newcastle came to town uh in the cup uh and that was a great game so you know something similar would be nice yeah good stuff um players then josh hawks 11 goals top scorer tell us a little bit about him he seems to be um you know he's, he's always knocking one in every now and then he didn't 
light the loan spell up from what I could tell when he first came to you from Sunderland. But top scorer again this season, confident holding on to him, happy for him to be the front man still. He's got another year on his contract. So, you know, that's uh, obviously a good thing. Although, again, we were saying this on our podcast earlier, what does a year on your contract actually mean in this day and age? And he's 24, so they won't get any compensation if he goes in 12 months time for free. So, you know, if someone comes in with a bit of some kind of six-figure sum, then probably sell him really wouldn't you you, you kind of got to take that risk to a, a degree uh, he's a good player he's come on leaps and bounds started the season a little bit in and out of the team then was only getting 60 minutes and and then has really just kicked on takes a lot of penalties and is very good with a penalty uh, and has scored four or five of them this season so that's obviously boosted his goal return to a degree um but clip that just in case <laughs> <laughs> tr- tricky winger um Likes to try and get in behind. Plays on the opposite flank to his foot, which obviously seems to be the trend uh, this year. Um, if you understand what I mean, plays on his left yeah. when he's right-footed. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. But he's, he's a good player. He's a really handy player to have at this level. And he's the kind of player Tranmere are crying out for. The problem is they haven't really got anyone in front of him who can put the ball in the back of the net. Obviously sold Elliot Nevitt to crew and that has proved to not be a mistake because he hasn't scored, I don't think, since he's gone there. Or if he has, he's only got one or two. Um, and I liked Nevitt. I thought he was a good player. But again, obviously at Crew, it hasn't worked out for him. Kane Hemmings has just had a, a, a disappointing season, hampered by injury, it must be said, which hasn't helped him. And I don't think the system helps him either. But Hawks has certainly been the standout in an attacking point of view. Mm. A young player coming through, Sam Taylor as well, who's played a couple of games, scored at Wimbledon last week. Likely to start at the last game of the season, do you think? It's because I, I was like assuming he's it. kind of part of, yeah, part of that developing young players system came yeah. through your youth system, I think. Yeah, well, what, what, whatever youth system it is, it's not a fully yeah. fledged <laughs> academy. It's, it's kind of like a, a college which is attached to the club, and he impressed with that and, and got a contract through that. And you know, it's it's great to see the strike took a little bit of a deflection. Uh, if we're being fair to him or unfair to him, depending on how you look at it, but it's, it, he got in the position. He he had the the foresight to have a go, and he got a goal, and that's great to see. And I would love to see him start. Like for me, the last six weeks, kind the 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 team has kind of been the same over the last six weeks, and I'm just sitting there thinking. Well, why aren't you giving these young players a go? This is time to find out if they can sink or swim. There's no point. If we know, for example, Josh Cogley, brilliant player at this level, there's no way he's going to be at Tramway next year because he's just too good. He will get offered more money and he'll be able to play at a higher level next year. So why persist with him at right back when you could try someone else if there is an option there? I'm not necessarily saying there has been an option there, but he's just a player that comes off the top of my head. There are other players in that side who just won't be there next year. So why play them? Taylor will be there next year because he's 18, he's developing, he's coming through. You love to see a young player get a chance. So I absolutely love to see him start up front on uh, on Monday and hopefully he does get that chance. Mm. Is it something to do with Dawes trying to get himself through the door in terms of manager's job, do you think? In terms of he just wants results, 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 not kind of generally looking at the wider picture because he wants wins to get, you know, to boost his name up a little bit. Yeah, maybe. yeah I think that's fair. Uh, couldn't disagree with that, yeah. While we're on players, Jordan Turnbull's beard. Can we get an update, please? <laughs> finest beard in football still, I believe. Yeah, he's, he's, he's had a... Um... Second half of the season's been a little bit disappointing from a Tramway defensive point of view. He's not solely to blame for it, of course, but first half of the season, they were keeping so many clean sheets and second half just haven't really happened. And I don't really know why. 
Um, but yeah, he, he, first half of the season, he was excellent and gone off the ball a little bit in the second half. But I'm sure he'll be keen to put in a good display against his uh, his old club. Yeah. Have a no goal, please, Jordan, if you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> 90th minute is uh, facing his best friend, Sam Hoskins, as well. So that'll be an interesting little, <laughs> little clash. Um, if you're in the, the Tramier dressing room on Monday, I keep think, wanting to say Saturday. If you're in there on Monday and you're trying to give the team talk in terms of how to beat Tramier, what would you say to us? Obviously, taking away your Tramier allegiances, but it, it, yeah, if you're there, what, what are you saying to them tactically? What, what do you do to beat you? I think the message would just be try and spoil the party, really. You know, and if I'm a Tramier fan, well, obviously I am a Tramier fan, but I'm kind of looking at it and going, Kind of want Stockport to go up to a degree because obviously they've got Dave Chal in charge when we're, we, we we like Chal and we like Clint Hill who's his assistant and they've got a couple of other former Tramway players there as well. But they're also a club who I can see dominating the league next year. And I, I'm, I'm not saying Northampton won't dominate the league next year, absolutely not. But they've got they've got big pockets, haven't they, at Stockport at the moment, which yeah. is not necessarily replicated across League Two this season. In my opinion, I don't know what your opinion of this is it's the worst league two in standard I can remember for a long time it's going to be a lot tougher next year with the clubs who are coming up Wrexham obviously being one of them sadly and potentially a, a Notts County and then with the clubs who are coming down as well you would expect Accrington certainly will be tough to beat and that'd be Forest Green will you imagine be rejuvenated if uh, Duncan Ferguson can sort things out next year. So you, you kind of look at it and say, just be party poopers to a degree. Make sure that they're not celebrating on your pitch at full time because we've seen it happen before. Tactically, what would I say? Um, I would want to see the fullbacks go on the overlap because I think that that's when Tramir at their strongest, when Bristow and Cogley get forward. Um, I've, I've seen Northampton a few times this year. They are very good from set plays. So I'd be wary about giving them away. Um, and obviously, Hoskins is a danger playing on the shoulder and just getting in the right area at the right time. So having Turnbull mark him will be uh, will be an interesting battle, as you say. But the message for me would just be, just make sure they're not celebrating. Mm-hmm. Anything like Hoskins' flick on the Tuesday night a couple of years ago would be <laughs> delightful. <laughs> that was a lovely goal. Happy, happy times. I think he always scores on the last day of the season as well, Hoskins. So he'll be looking to keep that up. We've met on the last yes. day of the season before, haven't we, as well? I remember yeah, going to Sinkfields. So, yeah. uh, yeah. Must have been 2008, yeah, maybe? Yeah, two, 2-2 two, two or something, was it? Yeah, it was a draw. Or, or was, it the, was it a draw? I knew it was a draw, yeah. Yes, but there's a little bit more dramatic <laughs> yes, on Monday. Yes, a bit more riding on it this year. little bit more, yeah, a little bit more. Uh, Cobblers fans travelling up, obviously going up quite early to get catch the 12.30 kickoff. Where should they be having some breakfast, some drinks Monday morning to settle the nerves and try uh, get yourself in the fan park. Um, there's a if, if for those who haven't been before, there's a big marquee which will be no more uh, next season because there is an actual okay. permanent structure being built, which is going to be a huge uh, venue, which is going to host numerous events as well as being a fan park on a match day. But it's it's going to be a, a really exciting uh, venture when it finally opens. But spades are in the ground for that. It has started, so this might be your last chance to use the marquee, which is looking a bit. Uh, Worse for wear these days. It has been up for about eight years now. So it's it's seen a lot of bad weather and it's done well. But they'll have food in there. They'll have drinks in there. It's a lovely atmosphere. Um, it's a welcoming place. That's in the, the car park behind the main stand. So that'd be where I recommend you, you go and set yourself up for an hour or two before the game. And even after nice. it as well. It'll be open after the match as well. Nice. That's what you need when you go for what go away. Is that um, home and away fans in there as well? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Unless, unless it's a... Uh, 
a, a rival visiting who we don't necessarily want in there. It's a, it is a good <laughs> away, yeah. Good, good stuff. Um, finished with predictions then. Obviously, Dave Challoner gives a little bit of a narrative, a little bit of a different narrative to this, being the Stockport manager, all the links with you, spent eight years with you in his playing career. He's already said that he'd quite fancy some help from you on Saturday. Um, <laughs> we just want to go there and get the job done. How are you seeing this one for the last game of the season? We have a score prediction from you. As I've said, I would be shocked if Tranmere managed to get a win because the the two wins they have got under Ian Dawes have been against teams who've had equally nothing to play for, whereas the teams who have had something to play for and have shown a little bit more desire, they've generally done pretty poor against Crawley, got that win over Tranmere. Carlisle got a win over Tranmere. Granted, both of these were away from home. Rochdale was still mathematically able to stay up when they got a, a 2-2 draw against Tranmere. Um, I, I would So I'd be surprised if they got a win. I will try and stay positive and say 1-1, but I do fear that if they go 1-0 down, then it will be a 2 or 3-0 victory for Northampton. Let's hope so. I think, I think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go 2-1, Cobblers, I think. I'm going to go for a 2-0 halftime lead for you to score to make it nervous for the last 20 minutes or so, but just to hang on and hang on. Stockport are probably going to beat Hartlepool about 6-0, so we'll know that from the start. But I just no more goal difference after last season, please. Um, <laughs> that, was, but, uh, yeah, um, that was awful, wasn't it? I just it, hope it that... Really like. Was. I, and, and you'll know this because you'll have seen it happen to you before. I just hope that my absolute thing I hate to see the most in football is when an opposition team wins and it is of significance and that opposition team celebrates by like celebrating in front of the, the other team's fans. And yeah. I hate it because yeah. I always kind of think you've achieved something here. So just, just enjoy your moment. Don't yeah. use that moment to 100%. go and... And I'm sure Tranmere have done it the other way. In fact, I know they've done it the other way when they played at Forest Green in 2019 and got a a draw down at the new lawn to secure a place in the playoff final. And there were fans there who celebrated in front of the Forest Green fans. And I just don't like to see it. It really winds me up because I just feel like you've been waiting all season to enjoy a moment. And and your first thought when that moment comes is to run over to an opposition fan and throw some kind of gestures at them. I just kind of think like, that's that's not what the point of football is for me. The point of football is to to celebrate as a group the promotion or success that you've achieved. So if you are successful, um, good luck to you. I just hope we don't see anything like we saw when Barry came to Prenton Park in 2015 and, and really did rub it in Tranmere's faces. Yeah, I, I don't think I, I don't get that either, really. I just like say, I think it's, it's especially after what we went through last season, if we win and go up, just we just need to celebrate. Hopefully we won't see anything like that, but there's just a trend in football fans in general at the minute in there as well. We, you know, there's a group of Barrow fans, who's going way off topic, but there's a group of Barrow fans who sit right behind the goal in their home games, who as soon as they score, they turn around to the away fans and just start goading them straight away. <laughs> I'm just like, just celebrate. You know, it's rare you score a goal, Barrow. Let's celebrate yes. your goals instead. <laughs> <laughs> but that's completely away from, from the topic. But Matt, thank you so much for joining us. No worries. Where can we find you on social media? Yeah, we're just a trip to the moon. So uh, just search for a trip to the moon Pod and you will find us. Um, I'm trying to think. We've, we do a, a best eleven series with former former players. I'm trying to think if we've had any former Northampton players on who've also played for Tranmere. None actually spring to mind at the moment because I think actually there's, there's probably not that many links between the two sides. No, I don't think there is a lot no. players, is there? But um, yeah, a trip to the Moon Pod is the the place to come. Uh, and yeah, if you if you enjoy it, come and have a listen. But I hope you enjoy your day. Genuinely. Um, <laughs> Because I know that the kind of hell that you went through last year with that Bristol Rovers result must have been absolutely horrendous to uh, to yeah. feel. Um, so good good luck to you. Uh, I guess at least you've got the playoffs to fall back on, but just enjoy your day. 
Yeah, thanks so much, Matt. Cheers for joining us again. Thank you all for listening. We'll be back sometime next week, obviously, with the Monday bank holiday game. We're not quite sure when the reaction is going to be to this one, but we'll be back at some point reacting to all the fun of what happens up at Tranmere. In the meantime, Patreons from the Vault blog is up now. A full match previews live on cobblestome.com. And we've got a new episode of Team Talk, our podcast all about MTFC women, dropping very, very soon. Uh, we'll see you on the other side, Cobblers fans. Here we go. Come on, cobblers. Let's go do it. Sports Social Podcast Network. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.